Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris and this week I'm looking for the best book called Lord of the Flies. To help me are two <laughs> high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, Nick. My name's Joe. Joe Holshue. If you are looking for the best book called Lord of the Flies, I brought the only book I've ever read called Lord of the Flies. It's by a guy named William Golden. I thought there was a U in it. I would have sworn there was a U mm. in w- William Golden, but there's not. It's just like gold William Golden, 1954. Know you. Know you. Hello, Litheads. I'd like you to know that I have the conch and I will be speaking now. So please Good. don't interrupt me and wait until I've finished. Hey, I, I, I have the conch. It's a joke the from conch. the book. Mm, I, have the really cho- I have the conch. I have the conch. This is important. My name is Dr. Ian Young. I'm a high school English teacher. I cannot fly. But this week I did bring, like Joe, Lord of the Flies, William Golding's highly conceptual follow up to Lord of the Rings. Mm. <laughs> yeah uh, funny story nick there's elves there's dwarves there's rings it's kind of like lord of the rings fan fiction that's silly you guys are so silly so you, what a bunch you, of silly you. high school english teachers you guys are take that as a as a personal two gooses or- two silly gooses May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> I'm really happy that Ian has said I've got the conch because I think it's probably like the most, it's probably the stickiest thing from this book for me. Uh And I'm also really happy that he pronounces it conch because there's like this whole world of people out there that are like, oh, you're supposed to actually say it conch. And then it's one of those things. Stupid. Are those people stupid? Well, can they we might set, be can right. Can we set the record? Is there a, is there a regionalism here? Or, I don't understand. Lidheads, if you say conk, we are officially ostracizing you this week. Oh. That's you. Yeah, welcome to this week. Um, <laughs> Nick, the second thing I remember from this book is um, okay. sucks to your asmar. Sucks to your asmar, Nick. <laughs> I hope you remember more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> and what I, re- I remember about this book is stopping about... I don't know, a couple pages into it. Just, I don't know. Like I picked it up. I'm like, I should read this book. Mm -hmm. And then I started reading it. And it it was just like, oh, now I'm good. Like, I I don't need to to hear about tweens on an island. You go through that thing. uh, You go through that thing. I need to read this. I'm reading this. Oh, I don't need to read this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who this episode is for, I guess. And we definitely haven't talked about Lord of the Flies before. We definitely have definitely not haven't. talked about great. Lord of the Flies. Great, great, great. Um, so I imagine this is for somebody who's like me, who's like, I should read that. I think I know what it's about. So maybe today we'll talk about maybe more than the obvious. I don't know. But um, well, welcome, Litheads, to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, or as we call it, strongly podcast, where every week we typically uh, pick a theme, and Joe and Ian bring two book recommendations, but once in a while we get lazy and just bring one. So uh, this week we're uh, chatting about Lord of the Flies, um, mm. which is a book that I have not read, uh, similar to every book that's ever been on this podcast. and <laughs> Except for the right stuff. Except, except for the right stuff. Man, that book is good. <laughs> Ooh, boy. 
you like you get it like you're like oh this i get is, how they got to the to the moon now this is like yeah. this is like that meme this is like that twitter meme where um everyone somebody come, who's only seen the boss baby compares everything to the boss baby <laughs> i don't know about that but i know that my two-year-old only makes us watch boss baby which is very bossy <laughs> um so anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, do you, does somebody want to take 30 seconds and just give us the overview of this book? And then we'll, I don't know, chat about pronunciation the rest of the episode. First, I would like to remind you of the shadow rules. I know there are no rules in this episode, <laughs> but uh, we do have definitely have shadow rules this week um, because, uh, well, you know, it's a lawless place uh, podcasting. Oh, so yeah. uh, the shadow rules are, and I want you to pay close attention to this, mm-hmm. kill the pig, well, cut her throat. Well. Spill her blood, Jesus. bash her head, wow. do her in. So it's a kid's book. So uh, just do bear that in mind as we as we proceed. In uh, Lord of the Flies, a plane full of boys crashes on an island. In the absence of any adults, they have to take care of themselves. Sustenance is easy. There's fruit everywhere and it seldom rains. Sweet. But the boy's immaturity eventually lives, leads to tribalism, torture, Ritualized pig killing ceremonies and worse. <laughs> is the Lord of the Flies a downer? What is worse? Yes, it might be. It might be the downerest book you ever brought. <laughs> oh. Reading this, rereading this for today's episode. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was also a little surprised rereading uh it this week. And and I was also surprised, Ian. When when is the last time you read it before like two days ago? It was a long time ago. How much of this book did you remember? I couldn't this believe is actually one of, Yeah, I go ahead. This is one of my talking points. Yeah, so I read this once a long, long time ago. And I remember pretty much what I got from it that time was, oh my goodness, you know, uh, this is dreadful. Like what happens? The 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 society these boys put up set up is 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 natural and it devolves naturally. And that's a dreadful thing. This time I came back to it and I was like, this is beautifully written. Oh. I think one of the things he's trying to do is convince you that this is paradise that these boys land on. And it is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Even like the descriptions of violence and murder oh. and death are beautiful. <laughs> Stunning. This is like this is like good, high quality literary work. But all I remember was the the pig's head on the stick. Yep. Yep. Spoilers. And, um Piggy, Piggy, the character Piggy, of course, yeah, and the conch. Wait, yep. the kid's head? The no. Well, this is one well, of the things. Uh, this is a bit. I would say this book doesn't have a lot of overt stuff, but the fact that one of the main characters who everyone hates, a lot of people hate, is named Piggy. Yeah, I got that far to learn about that character, and I was like, ah, oh, this kid's, yep. this yeah, he's, kid's toast. He's on page one, <laughs> and he sucks on page one. <laughs> but then some other some other bad characters are like obsessed with hunting pigs right. on the island. And like, that's, I think maybe a misstep by William Golding because, because <laughs> you pretty quickly start to draw the equivalences. <laughs> Piggy pigs. Yeah. Brutal. It's a good book to not be a pig in then. Yeah. So, so Joe, that, that, that I, 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 I kept, I kept very little for my first read. Okay. Um, beyond a generalized sense of doom. And that, that's definitely here, but there's also um, there's also a lot of beauty. I, I I have a question for you, Nick. Like I know you said you bounced off this book. I know you said you you don't know a lot about it. But this is a book that has 
permeated society to, to quite a bit. Like, what do you know about this book? Okay. Like, like, give me some so, bullet points. Yeah, so I did watch the Simpsons episode, so we're, uh, I am pretty caught up Good. on the major plot points. Um, mm. So uh, I'll just explain the episode of the Simpsons, and then you tell me wh- what is similar. Great. So they're all driving, uh, they're going to, on a field trip uh, on a bus, and then they crash into the water and float out to sea to an island. Um, mm. Does that... Good so far? Not bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, the <laughs> the bus driver dies. <laughs> yep. In yeah, one also, of my favorite like- Simpsons lines that it's in the entire show, as he's floating off into the horizon of the ocean, all you hear him say is, Zeppelin Roo! <laughs> <laughs> it's his final last words. Um, anyway, uh, so all the kids are on the island, and they're starving, and then they try to eat berries and poison themselves, and then they go find a pig, and they finally kill that pig, but uh, not everybody eats the pig because some are vegetarian. Uh, that'd be Lisa, another Simpsons character. Do you guys want me to keep talking about the Simpsons? <laughs> You're doing great. And uh, then they get off the island and everything's okay. I think we have a future. Once we finally read all the books, we can just do uh, Simpsons recaps. It's a Simpsons cast. Folks. And then they finally get off the island. That's fairly That's fairly close. Okay. It's not I mean, bad. I feel like the, the end of that about, episode, isn't there a joke too where it's very hand wavy where it's like, and then the boys were rescued by, oh, yeah. let's say, Mo. Yeah, that's another good line from the Simpsons. Another good line from Ian, the Simpsons. Ian, do you have any Simpsons quotes you'd like <laughs> um, to share? Alabama. Uh, eat my... Eat my shirt. Eat my shirt. Good <laughs> jokes. So I had the same kind of general sense of doom that you had. That was like the number one feeling that stuck with me. But when I reread this, I was surprised by how many of the specifics that I remembered, like how many specific scenes I remembered from this book. Which is weird because that's not an experience I usually um, have. Mm, like, like very frequently on this show, when I'm thinking about like books that will fit themes for our, our upcoming episodes, um, I always end up choosing books that I've already talked about on this show because <laughs> I don't remember them <laughs> clearly enough. Um, and I and I reread books a lot, but like so much of this like has stuck with me. Like the character of Piggy stuck with me so well. The scene with the pigs had stuck with me so well in here. Yeah. Um, I thought this book was really. Uh, I don't know, really memorable. And like, considering yeah. that the last time I read this book, I was 14 years old. Um, I, boy, I don't remember a lot yeah, that's from when like, I was 14. That's like 10 years ago. Yeah, at least. Um, <laughs> well, it's permeated into pop culture so much. I don't know if you guys have seen The Simpsons, um, but there was an episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember another good joke from that episode where they're going to use Milhouse's glasses to start a fire and like they line it up with the sun perfectly and it's like focusing, but then they just like scrub a rock off one of them to make sparks. Very good. 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 You had to be there. Lit heads. Uh-huh, um, yeah. Okay. Maybe so like- what, what is this book about? Does this book end in tragedy? Is there anything you guys can tell us about this book that we probably don't already know on a surface level? Can we, is this episode at all going to be of interest? Um, back in the 1800s, you have to have about a hundred <laughs> years. <back. laughs> No, I swear. You're going to need a deep, rich history of island life before we dive into this one. <laughs> Back in the 17 and 1800s, there was a trend in literature to kind of, and, and culture more broadly, to frame children as perfect. Um, like children as sort of like a larval stage morally. 
<laughs> and physically, right? Oh, and mm-hmm. physically. That's yeah, obvious. The idea is like slimy. children are children are innately good because they haven't had like the nastiness of the world kind of and like and, and this is an idea about where evil comes from. The idea is that not, not that that and this goes back to Joe's Joe's and my uh, yeah. eternal question, but the idea in this is that children in literature and culture are represented as like these angelic figures. Oftentimes they're tragic because like they get sick and die and and books or whole books are focused around the, the figure of the angelic child. The innocent child. Yes, right. yes, yes, exactly. And so so this is something which Golding Golding is, I think, in part dealing with kind of uh, dealing with uh, this foundation, this context, because he sets this book on an island paradise where nothing like nothing can go wrong. And he gives he gives he populates this paradise with children. And the idea is, okay, it's almost like a philosophical experiment. If any society can function well, it would naturally be young people who don't have like they haven't been polluted by the world yet right and they're in a beautiful kind of perfect environment mm-hmm. a place where they don't have to um gather like they don't have they don't have to kill pigs to eat like they could mm-hmm. just eat all the fruit yeah uh, golding basically says yeah there's enough fruit for them to eat they're fine well and not like not only is this like a broader thing in literature but when golden once one thing i didn't realize when i read this you know sophomore year is this is a direct response to a book published in 1857 called coral island which is a book i hadn't ever heard of or and certainly right. read ian have you ever was this on your radar they mentioned it a couple of times in the book yeah yeah it, it's like not not lightly alluded to like it is specifically called out in the book as this is right. just like coral island the book talks about the thing it's referencing the book yeah, talks yeah. about so, the, so like the, the boys in the island are like, oh, gosh, it's like Coral Island, it's like Coral Island in here. Like, you don't need to know a lot about Coral Island. But in it, there are three characters, Ralph, Jack and a boy named Peterkin. And by the way, like oh, three shock. of our main characters in this book are named Ralph, Jack and Piggy or or whatever. Um they get shipwrecked on an island and they have all sorts of great adventures with like mm-hmm. natives and pirates. And basically like the story arc over and over is these three boys teach the natives how to be less brutal. These three nice. boys like nice. get the pirates to repent their evil. Like oh, like wow. these nice. three boys essentially bring civilization to this island. Just say Christianity. Well, and well, and, and, and overtly Christianity, like they bring the natives Christianity in this book and like the cr- natives stop sacrificing babies to the electric eel. I guy. mean, well, that's <laughs> that part's good. I, right, I do but, appreciate that. So I guess. <laughs> so this is a book that William Golding like would have read when he was a kid. This was like a this was this book was a big deal. And he actually talks about the origin of Lord of the Flies being him thinking about this book and asking his wife, do you think it would be cool? If I read a, wrote a book about what kids are actually like, <laughs> sounds like we're setting the stage for some graphic realisms. Is that correct? Well, I mean, it's 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 a it's a take. He he was a school teacher, so I think yeah. he probably had a special oh, insight. Oh my goodness, on. little chip on his shoulder, huh? <laughs> yeah, special insight on how dreadful little boys could be when they are put together. Without the presence of their amazing teacher life would go he okay he does he does mock teachers throughout the book too that's let's be fair okay but this is this is he's made he's putting forward an argument he says basically if you put a bunch of human beings who are purportedly perfect in a perfect place 
guess what? They'll murder and torture each other. They'll light the island on fire two weeks in a row with an island being on fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got to be some kind of a record. Like they will, they will mess things up. Mm -hmm. And this is not a, an argument which everyone agrees with. So there would be some people who would read this and be like, well, no, that's not how humans work. Um, They could do this. They could be nice to each other. They wouldn't stab each other with point head sticks. This is a freaking brutal book. Not just like the, the violence, but the philosophy of it that like kids and all human beings are horrible and will devolve into primal murder if they're left alone. Like, okay, here's the question. Who agrees with this book and who disagrees with this book? I'll go first. (laughs) Strongly agree. (laughs) Ian Ian strongly agrees with this book. I think that human beings are fundamentally busted in the head. So, Uh, all right. Um, And and I disagree with this book. Yes, okay. I disagree with this book. I think people are good. I think we like each other. And I think we just want to exist in harmony. I just have an illustration of this Um, uh, a drawing. Uh, no, a movie. It's a so there's a movie made. There's a movie made of this of this film of this book in 1963, directed by the great British director Peter Brook. R.I.P. Recently passed. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, the show. Alas. So for this movie, they got a bunch of little kids um, who were not obviously because you know you're going to. They uh, but they they specifically said like we want kids who aren't like professional polished actors. We just want to get some some amateurs on there. Uh, they would not like have the kids memorize lines. They would tell them like, this is what the scene needs to be. And then the kids would act it out. And apparently it works really well. I haven't seen the movie. Interesting. Oh wow. yeah. It's a fascinating kind of approach. Yeah. Um, so they put them on this Island for filming more of a scientific experiment than good directing, but, <laughs> <Kind cool. of. laughs> but check it out. They put them on this Island for filming. And so like in a, in a more controlled way, like you all, you now have a bunch of, un, a bunch of, rambunctious kids running around a beautiful island so there was this journalist for life magazine who went to the set went to the island to write a a magazine article about this Uh and when he was there he was watching the kids and he saw one of the kids catching lizards live lizards and feeding them into the fan the blades of a rotating fan for fun this was off camera this was his just yes just some yes. killing some time and lizards he's like he's like he's like huh uh art imitates life yeah oh god well this is making the story well i i have i have a counterpoint to that story uh, okay, okay give us a counterpoint yeah, i have a counterpoint to that story the lizard um, wanted it when <laughs> He was asking interested for to see this counterpoint. <laughs> um, so this this book comes out in 1954. Um, it it comes out to like very moderate success uh, immediately. Like the first printing is something like 3000 copies. It kind of like limps along. And then E.M. Forster, uh, who we actually have recently talked about, named it as the most significant book that he had read all year in some. I, I wasn't exactly clear on this, but some like column that he published he's like oh this is the most important book i've read all year and ever since then it's it's been huge um and william golding was eventually knighted he wrote a bunch of other books in his life um none of them which i had ever heard of he won he won the nobel prize Mm -hmm. and i am convinced that it was because he wrote lord of the flies like it was because he wrote yeah and not only that, by all accounts, the first time he turned in Lord of the Flies, it seems like it was kind of a mess. Like, um, I have a quote here from like the reader at the publishing company who got the first manuscript and she said she rejected it saying 
It's, quote, absurd and uninteresting fantasy about the explosion of an atomic bomb on the colonies and a group of children who land in the jungle near uh, near New Guinea. It is rubbish and dull. It is pointless. Seven rejections before he got that note about mm-hmm. rubbish and dull, pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took him a long time to get to get into this shape. So that was constructive feedback yeah well what once it was picked up by the publishing company it was heavily edited it sounds like they cut out like the first third of the book which had to do with like these boys living back in england and an atomic mm. war which maybe was like a continuation of world war ii or maybe the start of world war three like it's not hmm. super close interesting it's yeah. not super clear uh but r- regardless um so that was in 55 he publishes this in 54 In 1966, Nick, there was a real world Lord of the Flies. Ian, did you come across this? I did. I did. (sighs) There was a real counterpoint. It's a good counterpoint. There was a real world Lord of the Lord of the Flies. A group of schoolboys from an island in the Tonga called uh, what is it called? Tonga. Tongatpu. This is um, a mistake. This is a mistake, Joe. You just say an island in the Pacific. An and island you move in the Pacific. On. A group of schoolboys. Don't try to pronounce it. A group of Catholic schoolboys from an island in the Pacific um, decided that they didn't like their school anymore, so they stole a fishing boat, got on board, set out to sea, and immediately got caught up in a storm and uh, were sent to drift for like six days. They crash landed on an uninhabited island and they were stranded for 15 months before somebody found them, Nick. 15 Nick, months? what do you think happened on that oh island? Oh my goodness. And, and everything worked out? That's what you're saying? Well, on that island, the guy who, the, who found them, who was actually kind of an interesting character in himself, he was kind of like this playboy and, and son of a millionaire and things like that. Um, the guy who found them, he wrote in his memoirs, he said... By the time we arrived on this island, the boys had set up a small commune. They had a food garden. They had hollowed out tree trunks to store rainwater. They had built a gymnasium with curious weights. They had made a a badminton court. They had chicken pens. They had a permanent fire that they had kept going for 15 months. All from handiwork an old knife blade and much determination. And he goes on in his memoirs to write about how these kids did it. And essentially these kids shipwrecked on an Island lived peacefully, took care of each other, survived. At one point, a kid broke his leg on the Island. The other kids set his leg, took care of him for the whole time. And by the time they were rescued, his leg was perfectly healed. Okay, Joe, but we're looking to know if white colonists would be okay on an Island. (laughs) That's actually, I think a lot of times when you read around this book. And specifically if capitalism works. Well, the common thing that people say is, oh, well, this book just goes to show that humans are terrible. Like humans are evil, humans are evil. But in a lot of the the literature surrounding this book, it's like, hey, this wasn't really William Golding's critique on humanity. It was more William Golding's critique on we think that these entitled British kids are like able to run the world. These entitled British kids are horrible and they will <laughs> tear it. each other I've apart if given a chance i mean this is this is a kind of something of an overt message they the, 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 the more civilized group on the island keeps saying like oh well we're british like we we're better than this and then the clear answer is no you're not better than this Got like over it, and yeah. over the novel shows them that being british is not enough <laughs> so fuck you great britain <laughs> 
Aurora, or possibly the, the United this Kingdom. This should have been our Independence Day episode. <laughs> it should have been. Ah, oh, dang it. Oh, well. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't get through it before, but that just happens sometimes. Um, I, I, I should read this book should be read, right? I think it's it's like an interesting first, you know, it's 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 classic. It's like the one of the first it, it would work better as an audiobook, honestly. Oh, I yeah. think that's good advice. Yeah, I, I would just like to second that. I did listen to this on audiobook this time around, and it had like I, I just Googled it, I just found one on YouTube, like a bootlegged one on YouTube. Um, but it had this wonderful narrator. Um Lord of the Flies audio Lord of the Flies William Golden audiobook 1.2 million views, uh posted by Jeremy on YouTube. <laughs> so oh, shout out to Jeremy. Shout <laughs> Jeremy, out to Jeremy, thank you. All right, Litheads, we have stickers still. Go to our website, you don't know litpodcast.com, get some stickers, get some free stickers specifically. Uh, but also uh, leave a book recommendation or a theme recommendation. We appreciate those greatly. And most importantly, this, this book, this book was a recommendation. We didn't even talk about oh that. Oh my God. This book, Litheads, how, you wouldn't even have heard about Lord of the Flies if it wasn't for yeah, exactly. insert You're name here. <laughs> who, who, who recommended it, Ian? Nick Kristen, uh, Nick Kristen, um, or or maybe it's Nick Tristan because the conch thing. Oh, that was <laughs> conch joke. That's funny. Nick Kristen says uh, it shows the reality of kids and the dangers of being young. Um, I think it is very dangerous to be young. Very uh, let heads get old, very get old dangerous. fast, and be like Nick, who has submitted multiple books, and they're great. So yeah, and uh, tell a bookish friend about the podcast too. That's that's the best thing you can you can do for us besides the other two things that we also ask you to do so thank you so much right we'd like you to do all of the things but and please don't if you have any live lizards keep them far away from fans yes keep them far away from your children that's cruel yeah that's just not cool don't do it uh can one of you read a quote no i i do have one prepared but it's just it's from the stephen king's introduction to the book so if you have a real quote i think go for it um, I do have a real quote, but I'm interested in that. Yeah, re- why don't you, Gio, Joe, you go first and then Ian read All your right. quote. Awesome. Um, so Stephen King from the introduction, um, you know, this book has been reprinted many, many times, as you can imagine. In 2011, a version came out uh, that Stephen King had introduced. And he said, to me, Lord of the Flies has always represented what novels are for. What makes them indispensable? Should we expect to be entertained when we read a story? Of course, an act of the imagination that doesn't entertain is a poor act indeed. But there should be more. A successful novel should erase the boundary line between writer and reader so that they can unite. When that happens, the novel becomes part of life, the main course, not the dessert. A successful novel should interrupt the reader's life, make him or her miss appointments, skip meals, forget to walk the dog. In the best novels, the writer's imagination becomes the reader's reality. It glows, incandescent and furious. I've been espousing these ideas for most of my life as a writer and not without being criticized. If a novel is strictly about emotion and imagination, the most potent part of these criticisms go. Then analysis is swept away and discussion of the book becomes irrelevant. That guy can sure write a review. Boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to read uh, I'm going to read a quote one of the ones that stuck with me it kind of illustrates how Golding, even when the, the novel sort of breaks bad into, into misery and, and stuff, he, he still can't resist the beauty. So this is after a boy named has been murdered. His body, 
his body is on Jesus. his body is on the his body is on the edge of the ocean and you're not really sure if he's dead you keep kind of hoping that maybe he's still alive somehow yeah um, okay his body is right right there at the edge of the ocean along the shoreward edge of the shallows the advancing clearness was full of strange moonbeam bodied creatures with fiery eyes here and there a larger pebble clung to its own air and was covered with a coat of pearls. The tide swelled in over the rain-pitted sand and smoothed everything with a layer of silver. Now it touched the first of the stains that seeped from the, from the broken body, and the creatures made a moving patch of light as they gathered at the edge. The water rose farther and dressed coarse hair with brightness, the line of his cheek silvered and the turn of his shoulder became sculptured marble. The strange attendant creatures with their fiery eyes and trailing vapors busied themselves round his head. The body lifted a fraction of an inch from the sand, and a bubble of air escaped from the mouth with a wet plop, then turned gently in the water. Somewhere over the darkened curve of the world, the sun and moon were pulling, and the film of water on the earth planet was held bulging slightly on one side while the solid core turned. The great wave of the tide moved farther along the sand and the water lifted. Softly, surrounded by a fringe of inquisitive bright creatures, itself a silver shape beneath the steadfast constellation, the dead body moved out toward the open sea. Like Otto. <laughs> Zeppelin roost! <laughs> Clearly! Yeah, that's the inspiration, inspiration there.